Hello there, Matthew here. Just wanted to do a little bit of a disclaimer for this episode of Trivial Merit. We had a, I'll say, minor to major technical issue as we were, or as I was editing this. Uh, I noticed that there was a huge amount of feedback on my mic through large sections of it. So throughout this episode, you'll hear record scratches kind of cutting off. It get a, it'll get a little bit disjointed, and the audio never truly gets uh, anywhere that's right for me. Uh, that's mainly because I noticed later that my mic was dying um, throughout the recording. Uh, I don't really know what sort of precipitated it. I have used the mic for seven years. And because I do not have like an audio production background, uh, I won't always see things like this coming. And, um, you know, I, I'm doing the best that I can with the little knowledge I have. So apologies in advance. Um, as, you're, as you can probably tell now, I'm on a better mic, uh, mainly because it is new. And hopefully uh, this issue that happened this time uh, doesn't happen again anytime soon. Uh, but for now, hope you enjoy the episode. Sorry for the technical issues. And yeah, let's talk about Beach House. Hello and welcome to Trivial Merit. The show where we make podcasts that we hope will make you feel a little better. They at least make us feel better. <laughs> yes, they do. Ultimately, that's ultimately what counts. Today we are making playlists of the group Beach House. Yes. Um, even the fact that I just like choked and said group, I don't know who's in this band or not. It's I don't know. If it is. is it? Is it one it, guy? Is it, it more than one? I don't. It's 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 a it's a it's two folks. It's Alex Scally and Victoria Legrand. I don't have their info page up where I normally do, and uh, that's okay. We don't need so, to be experts. So. You already you already filled in the answer to my question, yes. so that's okay. Um, so the first important thing about Trivial Merit is that we are not medical professionals. We're not offering medical advice. This is just something that is for fun it is based on a real music therapy exercise and i would always encourage everybody to try try it with your favorite artist see if you can make some playlists that would help change your mood it's a cool thing that can really work um and it has been a minute since we recorded and released an episode that is my fault because i got a new computer and i had some little audio hiccups with my setup and we are back. So I'm very excited about that. Me too. And I'm here with my co-host, Matthew. Hello, Caroline. How are you? <laughs> I'm sorry that I forgot about you while I just like did a soliloquy. Oh, no. I, um, I, I will take a soliloquy. It's fine. It's just been long enough since we've done this. And you introduced the last episode. So for me, it's been like a, like a month and a half since the last time I did the little intro spiel. Yes. And um, I have some theories about how this episode is going to go. We'll see. We'll see. But Matthew, you sent me a message saying that this was one of the most difficult ones 
for you. I would say, we can talk about that later, but I would say for me, this was also very difficult. Um, because it's always difficult when a band kind of has like, maybe like just one mood. <laughs> you know? Well, and see, and that's that's the thing. So like, Okay, before we before we get there, uh, I, I know a, I know a bit about Beach House, uh, <laughs> but um, I've this is the first band that I sort of latched on to in a in a fanboy sort of way after moving to Philly. Um, oh, that's so cool! Like I moved to Philly in two thousand three, and I was I spent like any t- any amount of time I could just trying to absorb you know the new city that i was in and also i was really interested in you know i was really interested in making films and writing about music possibly getting involved with making music somehow even though i have no uh i have no artistic ability in terms of playing Mm -hmm. um but i i listened to music like the way that uh most like think like most would read would read the newspaper every morning that's a Mm, yes it's a a very old way to think about it but um but like like if i left my apartment i had two things with me i had or three things with me i had you know keys uh and i had my wallet and i had a music listening device now when i first got here this was pre-ipod so i had a disc man uh and then when i i didn't actually own a cell phone until like 2006 maybe or no 2007 was when i got a cell phone for the first time um and and beach house has kind of been one of probably two or three bands that have more or less been with me my entire adult life like mm-hmm. they, they, re- they released their first album in 2006 october 2006 it's just self-titled uh and very much like we said about the white stripes like they emerged fully formed they emerged 100 percent like who and what they still are and it's kind of impressive because their first album is essentially a lo-fi blueprint and or business card of what their mission statement is and they never really drift far away from that and when their second album devotion came out uh it was one of the few times where i was kind of with the critical consensus like okay this this album is great possibly a masterpiece but where does this band go i I feel like them doing this as their second album it's like it's it's almost nowhere to go but down then they release teen dream which is just as much a step forward that devotion was from their first album uh, it's that much of a step forward from devotion. Then they release Bloom, and they keep they they just keep expanding the formula with with subtle changes, and yet they still sound very much like they sounded in two thousand six. I think the I think, and this is why this is why this was so hard. 
I'll say it now. Uh, the, what I said to you, Caroline, it was like one of those cheap, like almost you get them out of a quarter vending machine puzzles where it's just like a mosaic of like 16 square tiles, but all of them are the same color. Mm-hmm. So no matter what you put, it's still just done. And when you start digging into uh, like the performance of it and the lyrics of it, most of Legrand's lyrics aren't just simple point and click, you know, bedroom pop, dreaming of the outside world, or 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 you know, lovelorn or brokenhearted. Most of them aren't just that. There's she she and Scally write in a very in very specific ways, and so much of the meaning changes with Legrand's vocal delivery and uh, and as much as I love this band as much as I have internalized so much of their work uh, I was like I remember when we talked about doing this and I was so happy that you said okay because I'm like cool this is going to be a slam dunk we started actually recording about 10 minutes ago Caroline Mm-hmm. And I think I've had my list finalized for what I'm going to say on the show for 35. Mm, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I just finalized my list right before we hopped on the call. So. Right. But like, I'm, I'm just saying like I had the, I, I'm just the confidence that I had coming into making the playlist versus where I ended up being right before we started. I was like, <laughs> I, I did not expect it to roll that way at all. I expected this to be quick in, quick out. I could concentrate on other things. Uh, I could, you know, not worry about it while I was getting absolutely burned out a couple of weeks at work. Uh, but, but no, uh, Legrand and Scally and this duo's wonderful career uh had other plans i do want to say that in terms of like what this band are like the the easy the easy way to describe it is is dream pop and if dream pop is something that doesn't really have a lot of meaning for folks um it's more uh about kind of the, the, a soundscape there's lots of reverb reverb the vocals are kind of echoed um, mm-hmm. and the easiest signposts are probably this mortal coil and cock two twins maybe uh you I mean Susie and the banshees later in their career kind of went this way too uh lots of post-punk went this way but like um, I think Beach House is probably more ornate with their sound. One thing can I, I be, what's up? Can I be controversial and go right ahead? Say that this really reminded me a lot of My Bloody Valentine. Oh no, that's not controversial at all. I don't think that's controversial at all. I think that's actually, I think it's probably My Bloody Valentine with uh, w- with less grindy guitars at times. Right, because if I, I am not very, I mean, I'm not, I'm not familiar with this band really at all. Okay. And I'm not, um, 
that familiar with the idea of dream pop, mm-hmm. I would have called this shoegaze easily. Okay. And um, it's definitely like I definitely see like the Cocteau Twins thing. Mm-hmm. I see for sure. Yeah. And there is like a almost like a crystallized and amber quality to it. It sounds pretty timeless. Yes. I and one thing I noticed while doing this specifically is something that it made me think of that uh, there's an instrumental from the late 50s early 60s called Sleepwalk. Uh, it's featured in the movie La Bamba pretty prominently. Um, but I'll include it here. thinks that Alex Alex Scally kind of modeled a lot of his guitar playing after Santo and Johnny specifically in Sleepwalk I heard it throughout their catalog and it it I mean I know we could sit here and say it's a rip off but I actually think it's more of an influential thing because most guitars in the 50s and 60s kind of had that twang to it Dwayne Eddy was famous for it you know Um, yeah and I think the I was I was really kind of struck with how well it's used throughout their career and it's something that I'd never really thought of before doing this exercise and I think that's just because anytime a new Beach House album comes out I just kind of live with that one uh, because they've never really they've never really dropped a bad one as far as I'm concerned uh, I think the only questionable one is the B-Sides compilation and that's more because it wasn't recorded together and like you, you feel that oh, okay. you, you feel that from track one I don't think I had ever heard a Beach House song before this. And I had heard them talked about by a lot of people I know who like them. And I hadn't really avoided listening to them, but it's just like, it just wasn't in the path of stuff that I would typically run into. And I am notoriously not a great new music keeper upper in general. So even like on Spotify, when I, it shows me like my discover weekly and I look and it's typically like music from the nineties or the aughts that I already know that I don't like, which is why it's not already on my playlist, you know? Right. So, um, but yeah, I think, I didn't have an impression of them in my head. And when I was listening to their stuff, I think it's all very good. I enjoyed it. Okay. And I don't know if this will sound weird, but the band that they kind of remind me of in almost... This is this will sound um, foolish. <clears throat> it sounds like a contradiction, but... They remind me almost in an opposite way 
of sleigh bells. Oh, that's a good one, actually. I like, like that. The sense of kind of what you said when we were talking about my bloody Valentine, mm-hmm. which, if people don't know about my <clears throat> bloody Valentine, they have an incredible landmark album called Loveless that is like noisy waves of sound and like distorted vocals and it is like nothing else but it was extremely influential and i think if you did like a punnett square like in high school biology and you were breaking my bloody valentine into pieces you could have one piece that is beach house and then what's left would be sleigh bells like it's all the noise for sure compared with uh beach house being kind of like the much more melodic side and um so that kind of well it did also make me want to listen to sleigh bells more which i probably will after this i mean but, sleigh bells are dope i do i do like sleigh bells a lot um actually that, I, that actually sort of started i'm not trying to like stomp on you but i want to say no this before, you're fine i, I want to say this before it leaves my head um so it's like if that with Beach House's first album, where it's kind of a lo-fi template for what they would become, Sleigh Bells says, "No, we don't need the polish. We want the noise." And they, it, it's almost like they diverge. Yes. From from that point. So anyway, continue. Yes. I was just gonna say, I really like music that kind of washes you through with a unified sound in mm-hmm. that way. And that kind of, I think you mentioned post-rock before. Oh, yes. And that is, it's something that reminds me also of uh, post-rock, where that's a little bit, I would say, uh, the name suggests it, but it's more of the heavier side with the rock stuff. Yes. Um, you get a lot of post-rock that is almost like heavy metal. Oh, and, 100%. Yeah, like tortoise and stuff, but um, but I I like like music can. This is an abstract thought, but music can move you using a lot of different kind of methods. Like there's music that I love that I think is very emotional because the lyrics are super expressive, and that's what you care about when you listen to certain bands. And there's other music that. It's the music itself that sweeps you along. And um, so I think that's something that I really care about in the music that I love. And it is definitely something I experienced while listening to a lot of Beach House. And I also see what you were saying about how their style evolves. Which was definitely, it's kind of like, um, you've been watching them as a weekly show and I just binged it in one day. Yes. (laughs) You know, I don't, I don't like to use the word binge in that context, but we don't have a really a good alternative. But, um, so hearing all the albums back to back and listening to them a lot in like a close time period, it was very easy to detect like when the music became more kind of distinctly melodic or when it kind of leaned more into being like an 80s vibe. And, you know, like Mm -hmm. um, it was cool to see what you were describing about how the sound could have become kind of static if they had decided to let it. 
Yeah. And it didn't do that. And I was also, this is another abstract thought, but when you were talking about how the new album comes out and then you kind of replace the one you listened to before with the new album, Mm -hmm. that made me think about something I think about with video games, which is some games, when a sequel comes out, the sequel is so similar to the original, except it improves your quality of life so much that you're like, I don't think I could ever play the original one again. You know, like, and that can happen sequentially. And there's a lot of people, I guess one of the wilder examples is like Final Fantasy, where the games today are unrecognizable compared to like the classic ones for the NES and the Super Nintendo. Sure. And with Beach House, I, I don't get that feeling where like the the progressive work as it evolves over time and as they release newer stuff, it does not supplant that earlier stuff. It still has value. It's just a different quality. It's kind of like last time when we did Bonnie Raitt, her early stuff is much kind of like calmer. And then by the time you get to the 90s, she is like a pop rock kind of princess. Yes. And you would never be like, I don't need early Bonnie Raitt or I don't need 90s Bonnie Raitt. They're both so good. They're so different. You would listen to both just for different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I, you know, now, now that you're talking about it, not to, not to turn this into a gamer rant, but like I almost think thinking of how the way Beach House is iterated, it's, it's almost like the Dark Souls series in a lot of ways. Like Demon Souls, sort of Demon Souls is like their self-titled album, and then Dark Souls is Devotion, where it like crystallizes everything that was there and brings a ton of people in, and then everything else is sort of iterated on that. And while each time Beach House has released an album, their their whatever album has most recently released feels like the most Beach House album. Mm, mm -hmm. And, like, Dark Souls 3 kind of feels like the most Dark Souls. Even though we could argue argue the merits of the entire franchise as well as, like, Elden Ring or or get into that. I know if we were talking to our buddy Glenn, he would come on Dark Souls 2 without missing a beat you know <laughs> um and yeah but we actually i this is true i was just talking to glenn the other day about dark souls the original okay <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> so i think um i don't think any of them is ever very far from his mind oh no it's well yeah i think i think glenn and i are cut from the same cloth with that regard because uh, i think about it way too much and so many of the little knickknacks i have from the franchise reba has decorated our house with them so 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 that she loves you including all your dark souls oh yes she 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 supports my bullshit in a way that i could not (laughs) in a way that i could not have asked anyone else to and i love she would have to she loves you because of it not despite it which is nice yes yes that's actually very apt uh 
so we should probably do playlists, otherwise we'll 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 find ourselves meandering into how many walk of the dinosaurs this is gonna be. So <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't even bring that up and introduce that again. Too late. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um Um <laughs> So since I started this time, that means I go first with my list. It does. Yes. And there is something funny on my list. We'll get to that. Ooh, I like a funny thing on your list. So I will say that for me, as someone who was less familiar with this music, I had a difficult time pulling specific things and saying that they made me feel specific emotions compared to other things. Mm -hmm. So this has happened a few times over the course of the show where basically I just picked songs that I liked and I put them on a playlist together. And in my case, I did find I liked the it feels strange to talk about the earlier stuff of a band that just started in 2006 sure. but um i liked the music that was a little bit more of like um like a mono sound does that make sense yeah like a little bit lower fi and with maybe fewer of those elements that you can kind of easily pick out as being like a melody and stuff mm-hmm. um the ones that i I guess you would say, yeah, like the color analogy that you were describing. I like the ones where the color is a little bit more uniform. And that makes sense based on other music that I like and stuff like that. Um, But so, yeah, I just liked these songs. And I really enjoyed listening to all these albums. So it was pretty easy to find a bunch of songs that I would have wanted to have on a playlist and then to kind of narrow it down. So, first on my list is from the album Bloom. It is a song called Troublemaker, which is a great name. Number two on my list is, I think, kind of a popular one of their songs. It is off the album Devotion. It is called Gila, like a Gila monster. Um, it's good. I approve of that. Good job, everyone who listened to it. Third on my list is from the album Teen Dream. It is called Norway. Don't you- 
fourth on my list, we're back to the album Bloom, which I think statistically I have to say was my favorite. And the song is called Lazuli, which I guess is... Yeah! I It must be like the, like, lapis lazuli, the mineral. Number five on my list is from Devotion again. It is called Some Things Last a Long Time. And that was actually, that was the first song that I was like, I'm putting this on my playlist as I was listening. And I think it's very good. Number six on my list is from the best album name ever, which is Depression Cherry. Um, so the, the song I picked from Depression Cherry is Space Song. Number seven on my list is from an album with another slightly celestial name. It is Thank Your Lucky Stars. And the song is called All Your Yaz. is another song from Bloom. It is called Irene. put Irene last on my list because I just wanted it to be last on my list but then I noticed it is like the last song on the album so it's got the hidden track stuff <laughs> so it's t it's technically 17 minutes long on Spotify um but the the song part is not that long <laughs> Yes, when I was listening to it, 
you know the thing where when you're listening to music, you don't always notice right away that the music has stopped. And because I was like working on stuff and um, and then I did start to notice the little heartbeat sound. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> um, it's very disorienting. And I had been the other day I was playing a really neat visual novel that had a lot of like ambient sound kind of stuff to the point where like I would leave the computer in the other room and go to like make lunch or use the bathroom or something and I would hear a noise and think it was my cats but it was really like a like a spaceship sound in this game so I was like am I I'm not playing a game right now am I you know it just feels like a funny association but yes so that's my list and I think it's pretty nice I had fun making it I like your list a ton. Um, I bet I like your list too. Yeah. So I think it's my turn now. It is your turn. So let's talk about a band I really like. Uh, Number one, starting with the album Devotion, Gila. Oh my gosh! Gila was I knew it was gonna there were like I think of the five or six songs I knew were going to be on my list when I first started thinking about this uh, Gila Mm -hmm. and one other song have survived (laughs) Um, but Gila was was immediately my lead mainly because when the chorus happens where Victoria Legrand is, is singing Gila you have that just lonely piano just see it seems to be just like a person walking down the street late at night like they've had a rough night and that piano is so evocative in in that particular song um I actually ruined the first copy of this album I had on vinyl because I listened to that particular song so much. Um, second on my list goes to the album Seven. It is Lose Your Smile. I think in terms of doing the whole when in doubt rely on tempo like it fits here mm, also mm-hmm. I, I think the way 
uh, Victoria Legrand sings on this song. It's very in that mode of I could be depressed. I could not be. She's she's very good at just. She's very good at being very hard to pin down. She is like Jello. You cannot nail her to the table. Um, uh, third on my list is off of Depression Cherry, which I actually think is my favorite album of theirs. Mm, okay. Uh, and it is it is P P P. about this particular song is just the chiming guitars that seem to spiral around your headphones um it reminds me of you know times where i've had it it reminds me of both happy and sad times a lot of ways but it also reminds me of movies that have made me that have kind of wrapped my head up in knots in a bit um but Mm -hmm. also it it's it's definitely happening on it's definitely happening on that path further away from depressed than right it's less depressed and more uh, positive because we're headed towards content on this I believe yeah you can definitely get to the point where you're remembering melancholy things and feeling mm-hmm. content yeah with them uh, fourth is the other is the other survivor on of my first like crop of songs i think it is actually my favorite song of theirs it is off of it is off of teen dream and it is called used to be It's very, it's a very simple song. There's not a whole lot of percussion in it, but the p- the way Victoria Legrand rides the piano that's playing is very Liz Fraser of Cocteau Twins esque. It's not bathed in any reverb or anything, but she is right there with it the entire song. And sometimes this song feels like it's heartbreaking, and sometimes it feels like it is so triumphant. Um, That's lovely. Fifth is off of Thank Your Lucky Stars. Uh, it is it is somewhere tonight.
probably the like thank your lucky stars and depression cherry came out the same year within like two months of each other um oh wow and i think like i don't remember how the i i read about the recording session at the time i think it's been like seven years since this album came out um but i know they were recorded about the same time but like the depression cherry came out of like its own sessions and and thank your lucky stars came out of other sessions that's why they still sound very very different i Mm, i think there was speculation that they wanted to do the release two albums on the same day thing or make it a double album i'm really glad they didn't in this case, or, or, or actually, I think it might have actually been a triple vinyl if they they did it. Oh wow! That that gets that can get a little dicey. I think there have been some bands that have pulled it off, uh, like Prince or uh, The Clash. Um, but not ever. Yeah, but most people aren't Prince or right, Clash. Right? Yeah, and I think I, well, I think Bruce Springsteen did it with The River, but, um, but. I'm glad that they released these apart because I think this really had the potential to be a Bruce Springsteen human touch lucky town situation where both albums came out and it was just too much of 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 similar things where mm-hmm. if you I think the the argument would be well if they pared this down it'd be a masterpiece where they just like thank your lucky stars just appeared like two months later almost out of nowhere and uh and it was kind of surprising but getting back to somewhere tonight somewhere tonight is probably the most that reminds me of the song that i mentioned before by santo and johnny sleepwalk because it seems like it Mm -hmm. seems like alex scally kind of took uh a similar riff and just wrote a song and victoria legrand wrote um a very nice sweet set of words about people possibly falling in love somewhere and it is absolutely beautiful to me um number six is the opener of bloom called myth nice Final three songs on my list are. Wait, I thought you just gave number yeah, six. Six, seven, right? and eight. So there's two. Okay. okay. <laughs> six, six, seven, and eight. They're kind of. They're probably more just. I'm just here to vibe. Than than sure. most of my playlist, and I think Bloom uh, as an album is specifically that. Myth is. Myth is probably still the Beach House song that has surprised me the most. Uh, mainly because, like, when I came to it, you know, it was right. It was right as it released, and I had heard the self-titled "Devotion" and "Teen Dream," and then this is just 
I was immediately going, man, they just keep going and they don't get boring. Like it, they're not, they're not getting, they're not getting, they're not getting stagnant. They're not staying in the same place. And it's immediately apparent right out the gate. And that reception makes me so happy. The fact that a band that I had like really just sort of somehow found a way to tattoo on my own heart had kept finding ways to just keep proving that they belong there to me, which is a very subjective thing to say. I get that. But, uh, but it was, it's very much, it was, it's very much like being in a relationship and your partner keeps showing you ways that they love you. Oh, that's wonderful. Bloom as an album kind of does that for me specifically with, uh, my seventh song, which is also off of Bloom, uh, it is On the Sea. someone who who doesn't really care too much for the beach uh i could be on a boat on the sea and be okay (laughs) Mm -hmm. i like that i like that idea um and uh, again that entire album was just I know it would be easy for it would be easy and silly to say like this is this band made this album for me or whatever uh w- which sometimes that can be endearing and sometimes that can be like are you sure about that um well definitely if you say it in that like monster guy voice <laughs> I I I try not to be that guy <laughs> um, Well I I think it's it's one of the wonderful things about music that it does feel very personal and mm-hmm. if it feels like it was made for you, nobody can tell you that you're wrong. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, Bloom is Bloom is one of those albums that, like, while Depression Cherry and Teen Dream, I think if I were to sit here and just rate them, uh, I think Depression Cherry and Teen Dream would be right above Bloom. Mm-hmm. But but Bloom is very special, and it's, it's special front to back. Um, my final song is the closer of Teen Dream. read this at at first when I first got it and I was like I don't know why this song makes me so happy and it's also one of those it's also like looking at it now you know what 
14, 15 years after it came, or actually, no, it would be, I think, 2008 when this came mm-hmm. out. Um, so 14 years after it came out. I still don't understand why it makes it makes me so happy, but when you hear Victoria sing in a very almost Julie Andrews sort of way, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. not in the, not in the same not with the same like punch that Julie Andrews has. But How do you solve a problem like Maria? Well, I was thinking more of like when she's when she like belts out, "I'd take care of you if you ask me to." In a year or two. I can hear the hills are alive. <laughs> sound of music in there. That's <laughs> I, wonderful. Like, I can, I can hear her. I can hear Julie Andrews teaching the kids how to sing in Sound of Music. I can hear Mary Poppins singing half of the songs in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Yelling at Henry Higgins. Definitely. Um, but yeah, so uh, take care makes me so happy and i i i love it with every ounce of my 6'4 230 pound body and uh you're so tall matthew (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) my bad (laughs) but yes i i do i do love take care a lot i love this band a lot and um this is where we can talk about making the playlist if you'd like. Okay, I would I would just like to say first, no one has to apologize for being very tall. Oh, 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 oh I'd moved on. But okay. <laughs> I good. Cuz I know you're tall as well, right? It's yes, I am very tall. <laughs> so, um, we do not have to apologize. All them this short, might this no, might um, be <laughs> this might be the tallest music podcast. Yeah, I'll call it. I'll, at I'll least, take, I'll take at that. least ones that include women. <laughs> that may be, there's probably lots of pairs of bros who are quite tall, um, but I don't care about them, so that's fine. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I would say for me, I'll go first since I started. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed making this playlist. It was a cool experience to listen to the whole catalog of a band that I hadn't heard before and then get to really just listen to my gut and be like, I like this song a lot. I like this song a lot, you know, and just kind of have that instinctual reaction. Okay. And it was also just such nice music to listen to it was very like made me feel kind of soothed in a nice way and it was like having nice company around you know that's awesome i'm glad you enjoyed it yeah and i think i i see at least the seeds of the ways that i would begin to pull apart some of the stylistic things and stuff like that if I listened to them more and developed kind of that internal vocabulary and logic about what they're doing and how it changes over time. Yeah. And um, it's also 
like as someone who doesn't re- like I don't follow new music very much at all. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of bands where when they release a new album, I like run out to listen to it. Um, I also have kind of a strong, I mean, not an aversion, but like not not an aversion to stuff that is brand new. I just have like a like a hype anxiety that makes it difficult for me to be like I would like to listen to this now. But yeah, all that all that said, it is kind of fun to think about this band and be like wow when they release new music i will be curious and want to check it out that's kind of cool nice well they have a new album out you know um so this uh conversely i guess i should say this was this was a very difficult list for me to make Mainly because of what I said at the beginning, where it was like one of those cheap mosaic puzzles where every tile was the same color, and no matter what you moved, it, the picture sat, the picture looked the same. But also, it was the first. It was the first time where I was I was so close to just packing it in and saying, you know what? Here's how I'm going to do this. Instead of instead of doing songs, I'm just going to do their albums. And I was just going to put Depression Cherry at the beginning because nailed it. And then go all the way to content and just say, just listen to this, these entire albums because I cannot <laughs> put, I cannot put, I cannot break out the catalog that way. But I, I, I did some thing. I did some things to just take my mind off of beach house and listen to other things. And, uh, and then I ended up coming back, and while it wasn't necessarily easier, I was able to say, okay, this one goes here, this one goes there. Like, a lot of these songs that I initially wanted on, just they, they need to go. Um, and for a brief moment, I was really trying to get something from every album, um, because they do have eight releases. Mm-hmm. And it would have been perfect, but then I was just like, you know what? I am trying to tie myself to these rules that really don't need to. It really doesn't need to be this way. Um, if we were to record this again, twenty-four hours from now, yes, <laughs> my list would be my list would be different, uh, and. And we'd probably still be saying, yes, this is really... I would still be saying this is definitely the hardest one we've had to do. And I should probably clarify that in saying it's the hardest one we've had to do of the artists that I'm familiar with and, like, know their work. Um, Because, like, yes, Dolly Parton was way more difficult to tackle just because... 50 years and a lot of <laughs> she albums. She has like 40 albums. Um, <laughs> Bonnie Raitt, 50 years and a lot of albums. Yes. Um, and, and yeah, uh, but sometimes the familiarity it, it can be just as difficult. Uh, and there, but whoop, uh, getting back to what you said earlier about try this with your favorite band. I remember when you first 
pitched this idea to me and I was just like, oh, that's so cool. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is going to present a lot of interesting difficulties along the way. And none of those difficulties are not game breaking. They're not like they're not like immersion breaking. They are just it's just you have to you have to take it and you have to turn it a little bit and look at it from a different angle. And despite all the difficulties I had making this list, I didn't. I was never really bored and I was never not like it was it was it was the homework that I wanted to do it was it was that class that I'd had in whatever grade or even x-ray school that was challenging to the point where like I didn't know it right off the bat so it forced me to want to learn it mm-hmm. um, and yeah so so Sometimes the difficulty just sort of proves the validity of the exercise, or at least that's how it feels to me. I know we're not medical providers, we're not offering therapeutic advice, but still, as just a way to talk about something we love in music, it's a really cool way to just approach it and think about it differently. Yeah, Um, I think it kind of defamiliarizes even music you do know. Mm-hmm. And it also kind oh, of yeah. makes you grapple with, like, the way that we listen to and appreciate music is so complex. And yes. so trying to pick out one emotional color is so unusual and does really make you listen to everything with that almost completely different lens. Yes. I mean, I will say, I will say the one realization I had... The, probably the biggest realization I had uh, while doing this exercise is I wish I did I wish I knew uh, uh, I wish I knew about doing this when I was still writing mm, um, mm-hmm. because I think it would have I don't know if it would have informed my criticism any better but I think it would have given me uh, probably I mean it's probably good to have more like ammo in the chamber so to say so to speak in terms of like how you can tackle talking about something oh definitely Um, because i mean i i think i think i was an okay i think i was an okay music critic i mean i'm i'm and i'm like doing this made me want to this specific band made me want to get back to like writing about it again um so maybe god willing and you know time expands a little bit um i would love that for you (laughs) but i also even if you never do i just like that something made you feel inspired in that way that's cool and uh i would i would definitely just thinking about some of the better albums that i got to write about if i had approached if i had thought about them this way i can already see how the writing would have been different maybe better or or maybe just a little bit more um i'll, I'll say it colorful <laughs> to, say, to say there were like not necessarily like you know colorful language but like there, there's a certain tapestry to the or tapestry um there's a certain temper to that where if you're just writing words like oh the guitars sound this way you know but if you're not really engaging with it you can you're just using generic buzzwords and i know that despite me thinking i was okay i fell into that trap quite a bit and 
uh, I didn't like that I did it then. Um, I was just pretty thankful that my editors didn't really focus <laughs> on it. <laughs> so, 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 Alyssa, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Um, but yeah, so now we get to have a conversation about what we do next. Yeah. I think... Okay, I think that Beach... Well, Beach House was definitely your idea. Yes, definitely. What if I present an idea? Uh Uh-huh. I would say this is more of a suggestion of an idea than a firm idea, and then we can discuss it. Okay. What if we do... A pop-punk band... Go on. I don't have a strong feeling about who. I was just thinking, like, what is kind of the most temperamentally opposite thing to how Beach House is, like, so kind of calming and uh, musically coherent. And I think there are there are some pop punk bands that I know a little bit about or a little mm-hmm. bit more about, but... Overall, it's not a great coverage area for me. And okay. even something like uh, Blink-182 could be really fun. I don't know that much about them, and only really as, like, the pop side of their image. And I'm not I'm not married to doing them. I'm not even married to the idea of doing a pop-punk band, but I just thought it would be something a little bit fun. What about Green Day? Ooh. I yes, okay. It's what Green Day is definitely one of those bands where you know those bands where you have that feeling of like I like them up until this point and then after that I don't, you know? Oh sure. The great biphasic band. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's a <laughs> that's a science journalist word. Um you don't have to apologize for that at all. Yeah, I think Green Day would be really fun. And okay. they I, have been around for such a long time and cover so much stylistic ground. Yes. Now, I'll throw this one out there just because they are I feel like they're the band credited with inventing pop punk. Or at least they have a song that is the template for the pop punk song. And I just, I can't not mention the Buzzcocks, mainly because of the name. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you've ever heard uh, the song Ever Fallen in Love, uh, that's kind of like the template for pop punk. Um, Are the Buzzcocks the ones who have an album that's like 30 minutes long and it has 30 songs? Is that them? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I know what you're talking. Well, there, there. Well, there are several bands that do that, but I, I think you're thinking of the Suicide Machines. I'm, I, I would not. I don't think I would know if you told me the ne- right answer. N- n- never. Well, here, hang on. Let me. Let's consult Doctor Google. <laughs> this is like a very funny thing to try to Google. <laughs> uh. Okay, that's not helping. Um, 
because it's like, what? What's your favorite thirty-minute song? I'm like, geez, who has that kind of time? <laughs> Am um, I maybe thinking of? No, I don't know. I'm looking. So, am I, I thinking know... of Circle Jerks? Are they? I don't that know. that might be it. I found a list of. 22 punk songs under a minute and there's all different artists on here so that's (laughs) i know it's like the hallmark of the genre but there is a specific there's a specific thing that i'm thinking i just can't remember what particularly that it is yeah i i'm i you know what i'm i'm gonna do some research i will i will put it in the show because now i need to know yeah (laughs) and um but no because when um like suicide machines did uh, a couple of well they had one really great album called destruction by definition and that is also like it was one of they were they were all they were also very pop punk in the 90s but they didn't make it near as big as like green day blink 182 any of them um but they had a song called like battle hymns and it was like 30 songs and looking at the track listing some of those songs were 20 seconds long um i mean i know there's a are you sure you're not thinking of the Minutemen? i don't know i could be okay because they because the reason they called themselves the Minutemen is because they wanted to write songs under a minute and some of their albums are have a ton of songs if you think that you if you're out there and you think that you know what i'm talking about please tell us Yes, let me know if I haven't figured it out by the time this goes up. Um, but uh, okay, so 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 we're are we locking in Green Day? Yeah, I think that sounds great. Okay, cool. So let's roll for some feelings. Mm-hmm. Our negative headspace is a three. That is depressed. Perfect. <laughs> so I'm just good. realizing any combination for Green Day is going to be funny. Uh, this is going to be great. Uh, I think it'll be even uh, harder when... It, it might be a little bit annoying when I start talking about what my faves by them are. Uh-huh. Uh, the positive headspace is a five. That is elated. Nice. So That'll be so much fun. Depressed <laughs> to elated. I'll ask the questions or, or the question. <laughs> no. Um, do we want to include Foxborough hot tubs in this? Oh. Um. How about you can if you want. Okay. I'm just asking because I, I I haven't listened to that since it came out. I don't know if I would anyway, but I just figured I'd at least ask. Um. But cool. So Green Day from Depressed to Elated. That's going to be awesome. So I would say... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say... I think Foxborough Hot Tubs is like... It's a funny exception that proves the rule of like... By that point in time, I was not really interested in Green Day's music anymore. But maybe that would make it actually more interesting to listen to because it is a side project. Yeah. Like it was just them doing something that they probably couldn't get away with as green day which they haven't released anything in forever have they 
No, and they're like all in their 50s now, aren't they? Poof. Poof. I mean, that's... Uh, Dolly Parton? <laughs> I mean, she just released an album in 2021. True, yeah, but I, I think... Um, <laughs> it's in the Green Day arc. Oh, sure. sure. They are... They've kind of been painted into a corner over time. And it's interesting to think of where they will continue to go. Yeah. And I like how, I like how whenever you mention like Green Day, they're like, oh, I remember when they used to be punk. I'm like, they just got popular. That's not really. And they were never really punk. That's the funny thing. That's not, you know, they were always pop punk. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, see, and it's just like whenever people talk about selling out or, or anything like that, um, no one no everybody wants to sell records that's why they put them out yes like you can grapple with who's you can you can have a problem with the people buying your music and using it inappropriately like we've seen plenty of folks do um but if you if you put out an album with the express intent of not making any money like either you spent the money to make that and you had that money to throw away or you didn't care about throwing away someone who who bankrolled you making that which is also kind of not cool right i think people sometimes want things to exist in a vacuum and of course nothing exists in a vacuum but especially not Within the complex machinery of, like, label releasing music. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then you get into the ethical consumption under capitalism and all that. Oh, yes, of course. (laughs) We do live in a society. (laughs) It it becomes a whole thing. Um, But, but yeah. So, I'm I'm excited to do Green Day. Uh, Me too. I I think that'll be really fun. Uh, Mainly because I haven't listened to them in a while. Yeah, it's been a long time for me as well. um, So... So it'll be it'll be cool to go back to high school and junior Aww. high for me. Yeah, you're so old. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Caroline. Um, <laughs> but Caroline, apart from the Trivial Merit Twitter account or emailing uh, trivial.merit at gmail.com to tell us your playlists, mm-hmm. where can the folks find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Adatoriate. If you've seen me around, you know how it's spelled. It's mm-hmm. pretend Latin. Um, yes. You can also find me at my day job where I write science articles for Popular Mechanics. And yes. I show up in other places here and there. And then I've actually just started a new weekly column at the website Unwinnable. So Hell Yes. Yeah, so if you if you follow me on Twitter, you will have seen that because I've been uh, sharing it a lot, and I'm very excited about that. Um, and then you can also, I think, yeah, by the time this comes out, this will still be going on. I am currently doing a fundraiser bundle of yes. adult games, which means games that are erotica and pornography, so definitely for adults only. Um, Not safe and- for work. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, and the proceeds from that fundraiser are going to the National Network of Abortion Funds, 
which is a great organization. Even if you don't want to support my bundle, please check out NNAF and give to them because they donate directly to different state funds. Um, you can choose to donate to the states with the highest need based on how costly it is for people there to access abortion care and stuff like that. So it's a great organization. And um, yeah, that's definitely linked through my Twitter as well. So basically you can see me bopping around here and there doing a lot of different stuff. And yeah, yeah it's, I think it's all a little bit fun. So it's worth checking out. Yes. Um, and just as just, I'm going to say this as both a fan of yours and a fan of Unwinnable, read Unwinnable. Unwinnable is really is really awesome to read. Um, yeah, I'm like uh, very honored to be joining their team because Unwinnable is a really cool. If you if you aren't familiar, it is ostensibly a video game publication, but it actually includes all kinds of things about music and movies and books and all kinds of things. So. Um, it is both a monthly magazine you can get as a PDF and then a website where they publish all kinds of stuff. And yes. it's independent. It's fully self-funded with, there's like a couple of little partnership things that they do to bring in a little bit of money, but, um, and it's supported by readers. So like I am a, I'm a subscriber of Unwinnable and now um, I am a contributor as well. So it's like those hair club ads where they say, I'm not only the president, I'm also a client. This um, is why me. we're friends, Caroline. Because that's exactly <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> well, and I think um, I, am a, I am a big believer in supporting the independent games press across the board. Like I subscribe to Unwinnable, but I also am a Patreon patron of probably half a dozen other sites that are also really important. So um, if there's, even if you don't support my chosen site right now, which is unwinnable, I would love for you to just like seek out an independent outlet that you like and support them with a few dollars a month. That'd be great. Yes. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Where can the people find you, Matthew? Well, the people can find me at infinite underscore rewind on Twitter. Uh, And... I've been posting on TikTok a bit lately, so I'm there too. So yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how long that's gonna go. So, <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah. So I also do co-host a few other shows. Uh, one is called Story Route Zero, which is about video games that three friends and I are playing. Uh, we sometimes talk about news as well, but we keep it pretty casual. Uh, I also co-host free reeling it with caroline's and my friend jesse where we jesse where we talk about movies and uh we will have guests we are about to record our most music centric episode we are doing the last waltz oh interesting yeah um and then uh i've recently joined the Bald Gun Guy podcast put on by Scanline Media, uh, where we play through the modern world of assassination trilogy of the game Hitman. Uh, Hitman's one of my faves, and I'm so glad that Six and Ty have allowed me to join them with all of my shenanigans. And just recently, 
I was actually a guest on a podcast called Make Me a Gamer. Uh, yes. My, my friend Atma, uh, Caroline's and my friend Don, and the creator of the Trivial Merit theme song, Julian, were on Atma's show. And uh, we just, we were just goofballs for like an hour. And it was fun. We talked about Robert Pattinson having a goth boy double jump. And <laughs> Dark Souls characters dating. And uh, for Julian, it was uh, his first ever podcast appearance. And, oh my gosh. And my boy left a banger of an impression because he just he he uttered the phrase that I will never be able to forget eat my ass homophobes and <laughs> it makes me so happy <laughs> it's classic and also true yes <laughs> yeah and somehow it's timeless now instantly um, iconic yes and so so look up make me a gamer uh, Atma and Harvey put on a really funny show I really like their work and uh, and and you can hear me on it also this one time uh, but that's it that's that's where you find me uh, but also our theme song is done by Julian V at J-U-L-Z-V-Z on Twitter he is a wonderful person he's a very talented musician he's about to start working on an EP you can hear his music on all of the Some Good Shows Network podcasts. He does all their theme songs. Uh, and and he's just a genuinely nice person. Follow nice people. Don't follow assholes. Um, Julian, is yeah. Julian is definitely one of those. <laughs> Eat our butts, mean people. <laughs> Eat my ass, nice-phobes. Nice-phobes. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> you know, I'll say it. I don't think that's the most cursed thing I've said on the show. <laughs> I would, I would never suggest that. <laughs> but I also know you would just take that as a challenge. It would only embolden you. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> so, somewhere, Reba's listening to this, going, "Caroline, don't get him started." Uh, <laughs> I think, I think that's it for us. Otherwise, we're gonna be we're gonna be crazy. This episode, I thought I, I said at the beginning that I had opinions about how this episode might go. I thought that it might be kind of short because I just didn't. I mean, you know, I'm not that familiar with the band. I didn't have a ton to say. I enjoyed this, but I, you know, um, and then it ended up being a very silly episode. Yes. And. You even brought back Walk the Dinosaur. I should have known then that it was just destined to to go off the rails and into the woods. <laughs> and to grandmother's house somehow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we will see you in two weeks with yeah. Gr- Green Day from Depressed to Elated. That's going to be so fun. It is bite my lip and close my eyes okay okay that's enough no spoilers (laughs) we'll see you in two weeks same time same station for better or worse we did it (laughs) we did it